Hello and welcome to Country Roads Confidential, the earsports.com podcast covering West Virginia football, basketball, recruiting, and Mike and I's life. Uh, today, Mike and I uh, will be discussing position battles as we head into fall camp. Um, my co-host here, Mike Casaza, will be on the scene in Morgantown um, with some open practices, meeting the coaches, players, interviews. Mike, how are things? Good. Um, I'm getting some feedback from the Billy Williams, Billy D. Williams fan club. Um, not a fan, <laughs> but they were happy for the shout out. Gone, but not forgotten. Uh, that is great to hear. Uh, I'm proud to report we only lost a few hundred subscribers thanks to that pick of yours. Well, you know what they say um, about the, the Billy D. Williams name drop. It works every time. <laughs> I knew that's where you are going. Yes. Oh, I try, I, sorry. Sorry, fans. I tried to cut him off, but it just wasn't happening. Um, let's get to these position battles. Uh, one that we, we know is going to be going on. We've shared our thoughts on it a thousand times on the podcast, on the websites, and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, quarterback, it, nothing big there, nothing new. We know Jack Allison, Austin Kendall, maybe Trey Lowe trying to sneak in there. Um, nothing's been decided yet, at least not publicly. And there will be, we think, an answer before uh, the end of fall camp. Mike, you have anything to add on that? That's a good question. Do you think that, I mean, he says when it's clear, it's clear, and he'll name it. But, like, if it's clear after the first week, and we're, we're not going to be around for a lot of these practices, um, I wonder if he'll do it any sooner than he has to. And, and he told me in Dallas for media days that he doesn't really think it's that big of a deal to name it or not name it. You're not going to affect anybody's strategy, and especially when you're dealing with guys like Kendall and Allison. They're not wildly different from one another. Um, but I wonder, do you think that if it's clear, quote-unquote, that, that he'll let you know as soon as it happens, like the next morning, or do you think it, it maybe waits a little bit longer? I think maybe uh, he, as far as going publicly with the media, he might wait a little bit, but you, you have to make that decision. I've shared my thoughts on this on our previous podcast that you got to make that choice. You got to pick one, go with it, whichever one it is, and, and kind of stick with it. Try to get at least a couple of weeks before the season, maybe at the end of fall camp or with, with about two weeks left before uh, the season opener against JMU. Yeah. Whereas previously we probably wouldn't know until like, the first series. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But you can't have that again. But let's move on to another battle right to their side or right behind them running back. It, this is interesting because a battle is that I don't even know if that's the right word here because I'm expecting and I'm assuming you're expecting that all of these running backs or most of these running backs will be getting reps. They will be getting carries. Uh, Kennedy McCoy, Martel Petaway, Letty Brown, and Alex Sinkfield. And, and maybe new true freshman Tony Mathis. We'll see about that. He was obviously just getting there this summer. Those guys split the time last year. Not quite evenly, and some of it due to injury. And who knows what's going to happen this year. What, what do you think is going to happen, Mike, as we head into fall camp and, and maybe coming out? Is, will it be different after fall camp? I don't know how you're going to separate them. I think if one person is going to be out from the pack, it's probably going to be Alex Singfield. And, and it's not because he is not as good or as valuable. I just don't think he has the potential to be an every down back like the other three. He's just not big and between the tackle enough. I do think he could be an asset, though. Um, in fact, they in the spring line him up in the slot to play him a little bit. So that may take care of itself in some regard. But 
I don't know. And, and if he's quote unquote separate from the pack, still valuable, but not part of that, that main core. Um, and again, that's not a knock on him. It's just how I think this may work. I don't know how you shake down Brown, McCoy and Petaway. Um, it may be a hot hand thing, but someone has to go in and get that first handoff and someone has to be the guy who tries to get hot, but you also have to get the other two a shot. Um, I've been trying to solve this for years here because they've said, oh, we'll play all four. It never works. I don't know how you do it. A lot of it is just lip service and a way to keep coaches, um, the way coaches keep players involved. Um, and West Virginia, I don't want to say has gotten lucky, but they have needed running backs for injuries um, in the past couple of years, and they've been able to use them all. But I don't have an answer for this. It'll be fun to watch to see how a new guy, Chad Scott, tries to do it. I have no idea how this turns out. Well, I think my pick, and I, I've I've been kind of trying to ride this wave. Eventually, I'm going to get it right of Kennedy McCoy being the guy. I feel like when I watch him, he's the most versatile out of all out of the entire group. I think he has the best burst, that first initial burst right through the line. Um, I'd like to see more consistency from him. Obviously, he took a step back his sophomore season, um, was rebounded a little bit last year, and, and I really would think that he is the he would be my pick as the guy that's going to come out of this group and again not I, th- I think the era of a guy getting you know three or four hundred carries is over it but I expect McCoy to be the guy that West Virginia relies on more than the others the guy that's in there for the final um, drive when they're trying to drive down to tie the score or score when it's tied um, and again, that's not a knock on Petaway or Brown. They, they have all the talent in the world and, and Sinkfield is, is a darn good back as well. If you look at some of the stuff that Brown and Scott have done, and especially the times where Scott has been with Brown, um, running back coach coordinator, um, they've had backs with 200 plus carries and they've had, and like another guy with like 80 and they've had two backs with like 140 to 150 carries. So it's, it could be a 50, 50 thing or darn close there. It could be one guy that they feel really good about. I would say this McCoy is the one guy who, who has done the best with the most. What I mean by that is when they have focused on one guy, it's more often than not been him. And, and he's generally had the hot streaks and he's played the best when he's had the most carries. Let's talk tight end because we don't know. And maybe you can inform me, maybe you have some breaking news, but don't know what's up with Giovanni Haskins um, sh- shoulder surgery. And he was going to be back quote at some point in the preseason. So that's not good, but maybe he's further along. You and I both saw him and he did not have his arm in a sling. And that wasn't too long ago, but still a couple of weeks ago. So you figure he's at least a couple of weeks better, but they used two tight ends last year and they have a couple that they like. Um, I think we all agree. One will be Haskins, but if he's not, how does this work? And even if he is one, who's two? Well, I, I think it's it's an interesting look just because when I'm looking at this depth chart here that may or may not be official from the school uh, from just a week and a half ago, there's Haskins, then there's TJ Banks and Mike O'Laughlin, who came in at the same time, were two very highly touted tight ends. I remember, you know, in this recruiting scene, West Virginia pulling two guys like that when they didn't use tight ends was blowing people's minds. It, it blew my mind. It blew the scouts' minds. It blew other coaches from other schools' minds. They didn't understand it because Banks and O'Laughlin were elite talents that a lot of schools wanted. Now, O'Laughlin got, was injured last year, sat out most of the season, then entered the transfer portal uh, temporarily before coming back. So I, I don't think he's eager to leave, but uh, there are some question marks there. Banks, 
I haven't heard much about him. I haven't heard anything about what he's done on scout team. Um, but so I'm interested to see who emerges there. Cause in my mind, they're two vastly different players. Cause I see banks is more of a bigger Trayvon Wesco type while O'Laughlin is more of the Haskins in that pairing. I think matchups are going to be interesting. Um, I'm with you there. They're different players, probably on purpose because maybe they had one who was a junior Haskins and one who's a junior Wesco and that's O'Laughlin and Banks respectively. But I'm not sure how much you'll see O'Laughlin on the line and I'm not sure how much you'll see Banks out wide. I think what would be interesting is if either one of them can play that that H-back-ish position where you're behind a tackle and kind of in like a half backfield spot. Um, and can one of them play in the shotgun next to the quarterback or in a pistol, um, you know, adjacent to the quarterback? I don't know. Um, I would guess maybe, and it seems like Haskins can do some of that stuff. He did a little bit of that last year, so that'll be good. But which one of them is more like him? Um, I think it's unfair for all these guys because Wesco is just such a damn large presence, um, even after he's gone now, like just kind of mythological. It's going to be really hard for either one of those guys to replace him, right? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Next to there. Are you okay? I am okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm trying to make it through. You got me. I'm missing Wesco. That's the problem here. I got really emotional about that. Um, Right tackle. Uh, Colton McKivitt's a spot last year. He moves to left tackle uh, with Yadney off to the NFL. Currently, Kelby Wickline, uh, who had an admirable showing against Texas uh, when, when Yadney was ejected, is listed as the starter. Tyler Thurman, who was a a highly uh, sought-after recruit out of Georgia, who's spent a couple years as a backup on the scout team, is listed as his backup again. But you see this as a little more of a contest than maybe I do. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be right tackle one, right tackle two so much. I think we're looking at the competition in between right tackle and right guard. Um, What I mean by that is I think they want to get the bar as high as they can. And that means they need their best combination. And if it turns out that right guard, right tackle with Josh Sills at right tackle and someone else at right guard is better than Wickline at right tackle and Sills at right guard, I think that they'll think about making that switch. Um, Let me hold their feet to the fire there. I think that they'll think about it, right? But (laughs) um, again, this is something you mentioned before and that Matt Moore has told us both that he does not go – right tackle, left tackle when he looks at a player, or right guard, left guard. He looks at right guard, right tackle, left guard, left tackle. He's much more comfortable with players playing on one side in both positions because the body positioning, the footwork, the leverage, um, the communication. I mean, if you're the right guard and you communicate with the right tackle, you can probably be the right tackle and communicate with the right guard because you know those guys. You're going to practice with them more. So um, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I think if he can find a way that if his if his right tackle, right guard is better with Sills at right tackle, I think... I really think that they'll think strongly about that. Um, also, Wickline can play guard, too, so he could be a valuable swing guy as a backup. So if, for example, John Hughes or Bryson Mays, if that's a better right guard than what Wickline can give them at right tackle, I think you might see Sills at right tackle and one of those guys at right guard. Right next to them, or to the left of them, center. we got a couple guys who have not really played the position a lot, and... Uh, a whole, uh, just so many question marks here. Obviously, Matt Jones transfers out after the season. Uh, Chase Barrett has bounced back and forth between offensive line, defensive line. Uh, currently, the backup is 
listed as uh, walk-on Adam Stilley or Jacob Bucigrossi, who was in the battle for the starting spot last year, if I remember correctly, before being injured again. And really, I mean, honestly, I think of any position on the offense, this is the one where it is true unknown. Do you think you see anybody emerging after the end of fall camp? Well, let's talk about what no one else wants to talk about here. We have no idea what Jacob Bucigrossi's status is. We hear things. um, We ask questions about things. We don't know. Um, There's equal indications that he's there on Friday and that he's not there on Friday just because the kid's been through a lot, um, has been injured, and is he all the way back? Maybe not. Is he going to be? Maybe not. Um, So who knows what what that situation is going to be, which is why seeing Stilly there is so interesting. I think Mays is probably their backup center. What's amazing about this to me no one seems concerned that Barrett has never played the position in a game. Uh, and that's and that's just, you know, improvement by relativity. Like, just relative to who else is around him, he's great. Only because he's been through the spring. Um, it's fascinating to me. It's I mean, they had a two-year starter there, and you figure, wow, man, having a three-year starter at center, that'd be awesome. Not happening. And you're getting the guy who's never played it before. And he was good in the spring, and everybody liked him. But, boy, it's, it's a question mark because – you know, centers, they can get the yip sometimes, um, and it can get really hard on them. And especially if a team can pick out a weakness, and they'll go right through that middle pretty quickly. Um, it, it just worries you because you don't know what or who else is there. All right, before we head to the defense, we're going to take a quick break to uh, pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back, Mike. Uh, we're moving over to defense, some position battles there. Um, let's start at the defensive end. Now, what are, we, what are we calling these spots now? Is this defensive tackle? It's how it's listed on the depth chart with Reese Donahue, quote, or Dante Stills. We got to call it tackle because they're going to be closer to a guard than a tackle, which doesn't make any sense to me, but like they're going to, they're not going to be on the end as though the defensive end would be. So it's a defensive tackle. Um, and just so we're clear, the guy in the middle is going to be a nose guard because he's close to a guard. Not that we're picky about that stuff, but I think we can agree defensive tackle. Um, I think this is a good position battle to watch because you mentioned this, um, the potential for stills unleashed is 
is pretty high. Now, it's going to be hard for him to get in the field when you have someone like Donahue, but um, if he's this defensive end who's this big cat who's playing at like 295 pounds, that is going to be a handful for a guard to handle. Um, maybe a def- maybe an offensive tackle can corral and widen out stills better coming around the corner. It's going to be a lot harder for a guard to deal with him. He could put up some significant numbers there if he's on the field and he takes a lead role. I think it's a really fun one to watch because let's just say Donahue is the starter. Great ambassador, very solid player, does everything you want, and he's a senior, and he starts. That doesn't mean he's going to play the most, never mind the best. Um, but if Stills is this force and becomes you know, a great player in camp and he's just impossible to ignore, you want him on the field most, that probably also means first. Um, I really can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, I think it's interesting, especially with, with the new defensive scheme, the new defensive coaches, how it affects the personnel and the players that we quote-unquote know. Like, you, you know, we know what Donahue is, <clears throat> or we think we do. Um we think we know what stills is both stills are and what they can be and but they're kind of moving around and then you see Darius stills get moved right up to the starter at nose uh Dante pushing Reese Donahue at that one defensive tackle spot and then Austin coming out of nowhere as uh to start at one defensive end spot when it seemed like Jeffrey Pooler was maybe turning the corner and going to make a contribution this year so I'm interested to see if there truly are some changes in that rotation uh, who, you know, may have been considered favorites for the job under the old staff, under the old scheme that might, I don't want to say are afterthoughts in this new scheme, but uh, might certainly get pushed back a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to throw Donahue in the rearview mirror. Um, we don't know what he can do in this type of position. It's, it's probably more similar to what he did do, but even back then defensive end in that three, three, five was kind of restricted. They didn't want you you know, pinning back your ears and running up the field to make plays, you had to have gap integrity, which is exciting as it sounds. So <laughs> if he can do something that's more, you know, more productive now, maybe it's good for him too. But, and there's different guys too. Can, can Jones play tackle? Ruben Jones, the Michigan transfer, can he play tackle and give you some outside linebacker defensive end ability in there? Maybe. And maybe that's a pass rush thing. Can 2018 scout team defensive player of the year, Tavis Lee, he's about 265. Can he do the same thing as a tackle? There's a whole bunch of combinations you can do, but let's, uh, let's move on. This is the one I'm most qualified to talk about. It's the Mike. Oh, Middle linebacker. Uh, uh, we, we know the names and we don't know a ton about him. Um, Shea Campbell has been around. He's a backup right now, but he's been an outside linebacker and an inside linebacker. Uh, Abbott, Walk on a really good story. We haven't seen, we've heard great things about, and, and he was the top walk on in camp. And we've heard the Tonkery name for years, most recently, uh, Dylan in different linebacker spots and just didn't take very well to the middle last year, got injured and was purposefully um, restrained in the spring. Um, there are candidates there. There's also that Callan guy who is maybe best suited to play middle, but right now is at the bandit. Um, a lot of possibilities to watch in camp here. What do you think? I'm going off the wall here with somebody who I guess shouldn't be off the wall, but Zach Sandwich, who you know, came in last year as a replacement with all the injuries and looked pretty darn good, at least I thought so, in limited time. And now they've moved him, at least according to this depth chart, over to Bandit behind Cowan. And if Cowan's as good as we're all expecting, that means Sandwich isn't going to see a whole lot of time. And I think his the clearer path for him might be at Mike. I thought he did a good job there in that three, three, five. Now maybe he's got different responsibilities. Maybe he fits better at the bandit in this scheme, 
but <clears throat> he was a uh, highly recruited prospect out of high school, all-state linebacker, uh, was considered one of the best linebackers that West Virginia's ever signed, kind of fell you know, off the radar a little bit after redshirt and a couple years here, but um, was solid last season when he, when he was given the opportunity. And I think maybe his best opportunity for playing time and consistent playing time is, is Mike linebacker again. I like it. He certainly has the experience. Um, the experience of bandit is not unlike the middle either. I think a lot of people perhaps overlooked that. What's interesting to me is that um, Charlie Benton is listed as a bandit. And that's interesting because if he comes back and he's healthy from that ACL, you think he should be good to go is what we hear. Uh, maybe not right away, but I think he's better at that bandit spot certainly then in the middle physically, and then he might not yet be ready to play the, the weak side linebacker spot. Um, so that maybe means that they like him a lot of Bandit, and Sandwich may have a spot. That's a that's an interesting angle. I like that one. Good on you, Chris. <laughs> I had to, take- had, had to do my best Mike, uh, Mike thing there. Just go All off right. the radar. Well, let's go but- around the corner to the secondary then. Uh, you want me to respond to that? Because I'm, I'm not. I'm throwing 97 <laughs> today. This is great. Oh, man. All right. At cornerback, I, I think we're all in agreement here that, that Keith Washington is a starter, will be a starter. Um, it seems like, you know, based off of what had happened in the past, that Hakeem Bailey would be the other guy. Are you uncertain of that? We, we've read this book before, right? Yeah. Like, I understand the first year was going to be tough on him. He was a laid out. I believe he was a laid out, right? And yes, he was a laid out guy. Was just a kind of a, a gem, a find in the 11th hour, and he can play. And he did. He had a tremendous spring and summer, and the word on him was that, man, he baited quarterbacks into you know, making throws that he would deflect or intercept. And then he had a really hard time in his first couple of games and then lost his spot and then lost his confidence. And he got it back, and he was great against Iowa State in 2017 um they recruited guys to play over and around the last year and by and large they did and you know he was a guy that that did some good things and again had some good stretches but just never put it together that's a hard position to keep your confidence up um when you're on the field never mind when you're not on the field so he's got to get there and stay there and again they brought in miller um to come in and play and that's a highly touted junior college transfer who didn't play in the spring game not entirely sure why i was never explained um but you can get out of a doghouse in the entire summer so who knows where that goes um i will throw some other ones in there if if the other side of the line goes good and mayo or fortune are equal one of them can be a backup there and one of them can be a backup or more on the other side and i don't want to discount to Corey turner you and i talked to people who really like him and he may be one of the fastest guys on the team he's really long um perhaps he's a safety in the future but not right now the easiest thing for a corner to do is stick with receivers and use your gifts and if your gifts are speed and size it comes a lot easier does it not absolutely and it's i Glad you brought up Turner because you, you're right. You and I were uh, talking to someone just last just last week who had a big old grin on his face when discussing Turner and his potential uh, at West Virginia. So it's a it's a tough spot to be coming in this late. You know, just got in a couple weeks ago, um, but if he can get in, get some. You know, maybe he's not making an impact, say week one, but gets this fall camp in, gets some reps on scout team. Maybe get some uh, some time at uh, on special teams. Maybe you see him a little more later in the year, especially with this four game redshirt rule. 
Um, he could be one of those guys that starts getting time as the year goes on. Before we go, look look at the corners and their size. Uh, mentioned Mayo. He's 6'2", 195, I believe. Um, but, excuse me, Turner is 6'2", 195. Right. Uh, Mayo is, I want to say, 180 pounds, and they say six foot. Um, not, no, 5'10", here. And then um, Fortune is kind of in between. We're talking like six foot 185 there. I think I confused him with Mayo. So you got 5'10", 6 foot, 6'2". Do you have a feel for big corner, small corner, what they want? Well, I think we every coach wants a six-two corner that can can run with everybody. Uh, it's not always realistic, but I certainly get the impression that uh, you know that long, rangy corner like Fortune or like Turner has a better shot of getting on the field earlier. Uh, now, I, I saw Mayo. We've seen him walking around at these camps. The size difference is not substantial we haven't seen turner but i've seen mayo standing next to fortune and the size difference is minuscule at best so i don't think that's that big of a deal um but if turner truly is going to come in here at six two at a real six two and run in a four four or better then you know he's somebody that that probably is going to have a leg up even if he gets here a little later four threes is what we were told right uh, yeah i was trying not to get the, the fans too, too riled up here well, that's why they're here. All right, uh, near the finish line now, and this is the one that is quite important because it's not just the back end of the defense in the Big 12. It's the entire back end of the defense in the Big 12. It's the two corners, and we just spent time talking, excuse me, the two safeties. We just spent time talking about the corners. It would be really nice to have an umbrella that doesn't have holes in it, and we're not sure who's holding the umbrella and who's plugging the holes right now. How the heck does this work? I have no idea. Um, I think... We know the answer, I think. Uh, our, our, we know the answer at one of the spots, I think, in Josh Norwood. Um, okay. As you've mentioned before, he he got time last year as that third cornerback. He was always on the field covering the slot, uh, going out wide, anywhere they needed him. And he did a, a pretty darn good job. And moving him to safety, I I thought was interesting, but I see it. It's obviously a necessity after the departures of Robinson and Pitts. And so I think we can pencil him in at one of those safety spots. Which one of those safety spots? Who knows? After that, I would give the edge to maybe Jake Long. Um, he's listed as an, an or starter at, at both positions. Um, we've been hearing all the talk about him on scout team for the last couple of years. We've obviously never seen it on the field in games that matter. Uh, maybe this is the year that it happens. Uh, I think you know he's. They might be looking for something safe. Uh, I guess a, a safe pick at safety, if you will, um, just to know that that they can have somebody they can rely on. And Long sounds like that guy, somebody that they can rely on back there to be a solid player. Let's not forget Guzman, Noah Guzman, junior college transfer, who has experience, which is something that really. All those guys don't really have, um, even though they play in college. But he's played that deep end in college. So that'll be helpful. I think he gets in there somewhere if he's a backup. But I think they like him as a guy who can just hold it together and not screw up, which is maybe if you don't know what you're doing, that can happen. But I like I like your heads out there. I think I think Norwood's a really good option at free. And I like Sean Mahone behind him. Mahone, the best thing he did was he was really good in the open field and sticking somebody and putting them on the ground, which is vital at free safety, too. you got to run, and he was a cornerback, so he has some of that. Long's a little bit different. Um, we, we talked about this. One of the best athletes on the team and was probably better suited to play corner, but 
Have you seen him lately? Uh, he's looking pretty jacked right now. He's large, yeah. Yes. So now he's an extremely good athlete and with extremely big frame. So maybe he is a safety now. Um, what, what, what I'm curious about is, one, how Guzman fits in there. Is he a cat or a free? He might be a free. Um, but also, the third corner, if this team does go to nickel, that could be Norwood. And then maybe someone else slides in to play safety. Maybe it is one of those backup frees. Um and you have a pretty good shell there if those guys earn and keep their spots. Um, I want to bounce one off you, though. Um, I don't think it's right now to think that Lynn or Osita Smith can play just because it's so late. And we have reservations to say that one or both of them will make it. Safe to say that we're probably going to have some sort of a casualty here just because we're so late. Um, but Quantel Reigns is a pretty good player who's just a backup at Spear, which is kind of like a safety. Any chance? I think so. I think the, the big question mark with him, I mean, his talent is is through the roof. It's just his size. He's such, you know, when he was coming out of high school, there were a lot of a lot of schools that just wanted him to play linebacker, just to embrace the fact that he was a bigger safety. He was somebody that should be playing, like, say, the will. Um, and he picked West Virginia in part because Tony Gibson wanted him to play uh that hybrid safety linebacker spot for uh, his three, three, five defense. Now they've put him in this spear spot. Maybe that's the spot for him. Um, but I, I just don't know if he has the, the hip speed and the quickness to, to be one of those deep end safeties, the free safety or the cat safety, somebody that can, that can play more past coverage and provide help deep. I, I think that's my only reservations about him being one of those potential picks. We talked last time uh, yesterday, in fact, about how big Bryce Wheaton is. And if you see him, he's impressive. I mean, he's put together and and looks like a very mobile statue is the nicest way I can put it. Um, but he's the same size as Reigns. So can you imagine Reigns playing on that deep end? You're right. That's It sounds good, but can it work? I don't know. Well, Mike, I think that covers everything. Unfortunately, nope. we will not. No, 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 come on. Oh, uh, unfortunately, we are not going to discuss, uh, you know, debate the backup kick returner spots or, um, you know, the backup punter spots, much to Mike's chagrin. We can set aside an entire podcast for that. Uh, don't Let's you worry. This. Let's close with this, though. The, the most important position battle is is literally Evan Staley against anybody because he is right now your first team kicker, kickoff specialist and punter. And that cannot keep happening. No, it can't. It, it That's too much for one guy. And you know, the previous staff didn't like guys doing that. They specifically made it so uh, a, a specialist would not do that. And this staff does not want it to happen either. At least that's what they're telling uh, recruits that they're talking to. Uh, when they're talking to guys, they're saying, we want you to be, say, a punter and a kickoff specialist or a place kicker. Or, or just kickoffs or something to start and, and then place kicker. They don't want anybody. They have not told a single recruit yet that they want somebody to do all three spots. Yet here we are heading into fall camp with Evan Staley as the starter at all three spots, which is a problem. Got to get a walk-on who can punt or got to get the Australian uh, Max Hayes on campus and see if he can punt. But there are a lot of questions uh, involved with all those answers. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, in our next podcast, we'll discuss the backup kick returners uh, uh-huh. and along with some other previews for fall camp, uh, which begins. Mike, we are it is 
actual football week. This week, there will be actual West Virginia football. Now, most people won't see it, and they may or may not have pads on, but they will be reporting. They will be practicing with actual footballs. I'm going to try to contain my excitement, but uh, it's it's difficult after so many months and weeks and, and, and even recently days being up there just watching you know camps and reading things, writing things after the spring and kind of getting that spring hangover out of your system. It seems like a long way from there to here, but here we are. It's pretty good news. Absolutely. Everybody, thanks for listening. I'm Chris Anderson. Mike Casazza. Talk to you again soon.